going insane. I don't know what to tell you guys. Stick around. You're listening to the Paul Prosize Podcast. And now Paul Prosize. All right, guys. My name is Paul Prosize, and I thank you so much for dropping in. And um, once again, I'm just going to point out that I um, am so grateful for you guys and your activity and your involvement. Um, I mean, I just started this this whole podcast thing and videos on YouTube and Facebook and stuff um, about a month ago, maybe a month and a half ago, something like that. And um, I've, I've noticed something that um, you guys are really engaging and um, like seeing the stuff that I'm putting out there. But I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. It's becoming increasingly more difficult to find the positive um, and I, I really set out to really push um, good things and to try to do things better. And every day I get up and a lot of times in the, on like Mondays and Tuesdays, it's a little bit harder. I have the da- my daughter here in, in the house with me. And um, so ma- making these videos aren't always easy. Um, but that's not really what's held me back. Over the weekend, we see lots of things happen. And the news just gets worse and worse. And just seemingly as we get closer and closer to this election, things just get worse and worse. And it it's getting to the point where I'm just wondering at times, um, just internally, is it worth it? Is this stuff really, am I making a difference? And I, and I do believe I am because I'm seeing the feedback. I'm getting, I'm getting the messages. And, and, um, but the problem is um, I feel that, I'm becoming just yet another right-wing voice, and I've definitely been pigeonholed with that already. Um, and I'm, I'm fearful of that. And so um, I'm having conversations with people on all sides of the aisle, um, and people are, are sending in those things, and people that um, have kind of joined that walk-away movement, so people that wouldn't agree with me on everything, um, more definitely more liberal types um, are reaching out and saying, Hey, I, I I recognize the things that you're saying, um, and I'm looking at the world. I'm saying, what you know? How how do we how do we reconcile these things? How do we have a a good message, but um, do that in the middle of all this chaos? Over the weekend, I know that you guys saw that two police officers, two more police officers, actually been three in the last week, shot and killed, and that. And I've talked to you guys about um, many times that I've put it out there that I am a former police officer. I wasn't very good. I was very young. I was very inexperienced in life, period, just a lot of things. I could have could have done things better. Um, I never did anything wrong on duty, but I just always felt like I was young and experienced and ill-trained. And, um, and then when it came to one of my... Um, mentors and fellow police officers um, being killed in the line of duty, I was not ready for that. And it, it, it just kind of broke me at a very young age. Now I'm 40 years old. I've had many years to get over that and to, to move on. And, but what that's also do, done is given me perspective and wisdom um, on how really 
police officers should be trained um, and the things. And so I, I, I see the video of, of these two police officers in L.A. that, that were shot. Um, and I don't think there was necessarily anything wrong with the training, but the situational the situational awarenesses of just events and things and how how do you how do you stop somebody from walking up and just shooting you and and here's the truth you can't no amount of training is going to mitigate that defunding the police will only increase violence having better training for police can help maybe thwart some of the maybe a, a, if there's a bad shoot once in a while those things do happen, but they're extremely, extremely rare. Way more rare than what the leftist mainstream media will tell you. And not all cops are perfect, as so many in the right-wing media will tell you as well. And I know that firsthand. So we do need to have some level head when we're talking about these things. But there's just it just seems like there's so many messages being thrown at you. And just, man, oh, Every single night. I mean, we're on like 108 or 107 days of riots in uh, in, in uh, Portland and Seattle. Um, <clears throat> we're seeing small towns in New York City. Um, violence erupt um, over what they claimed was one thing and turns out uh, yet again was not. And we just, we see all these things. And then we see in L.A., Grace Community Church, um, the, the big mega church out there that has um, has really kind of stood up to California and said enough is enough. And they keep um, pushing back against the government that's really trying to overthrow things and, and um, ignore the First Amendment and um, just in the name of safety, of course, but they're obviously being targeted by, by, by the government. And John MacArthur is... Um, He's standing up and he's doing the right thing and he's doing it in the right way, in my in my personal opinion. Um, John MacArthur ridiculed the court order as an in inexplicable ruling. So what had happened over this weekend, let me just uh, pop over to this other screen. If you guys are not on, if you're listening to me on podcast, thank you so much for listening. Would you hit that like and subscribes and all those things? Um, would you also, if you're on YouTube and Facebook, would you like the video? That does help. It helps get more people out um, to see it and please share the video wherever you can on YouTube. Please um, hit the bell. When, you, when I upload something, you'll get the notification right away. All those things really do. I don't, I don't do any kind of paid marketing. I did a very small thing for one of the videos that I, when I first got out just to kind of get my name out there, I thought it was a good video. That was that, um, how do we get here video? If you haven't seen that, look at my Facebook or YouTube channels, just type in the how do we get here? And it's a, it's a really good, it's about two minutes long. And um, if you haven't seen it yet, I'd highly encourage you to see that. So John MacArthur um, has been, they've kind of sued the government. They, they were allowed, the, the courts allowed them to do in-person meetings. And then L.A. County, after four failed attempts to, at different judges, finally found one that said, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll give a, a temporary and preliminary injunction uh, that prevents Grace Community Church of the Valley from conducting, par conducting, participating in, or attending any indoor worship services. 
how, how do we combat this? You know, it's kind of funny um, for those of you that are in kind of the, the, the church world, the, the evangelical church world, you've heard of a name, um, a guy named Mark Driscoll. And I personally am not a fan. <laughs> I, I don't, uh, I'm not a, um, okay. So he's, you know, you got like John Piper or you basically got Calvin, John Piper, and Mark Driscoll, like they're all like the extreme Calvinists, if you if you will, if you can lump in, if you can um, throw a identification plate on people where they stand as far as doctrine is, they would be very those that that side would be very Calvinistic, very um, yeah. So that's kind of where they're at. So I I don't find myself in that arena. Um, of faith. I find myself more leaning Armenian. We can go into that one day on a different show. Anyways, I'm, I'm scrolling through Facebook and one of his things actually pop up and I haven't seen or heard anything from him for years. It was controversy within the church and I just kind of, I tuned it out. I honestly didn't care. Um, I have never um, really paid too much of attention other than knowing what he started with the, the help start with the, the Acts 29 church and the the Mars Hill stuff. And so uh, that's all I really knew. And I didn't really ever care for his kind of bombastic way of doing things. But then I started watching this, this sermon that had been shared through a lot of people and it was shared on his, his, his page. And what it did is it went through and talked about what's going on in society. And I, I just, that's kind of what um, I've done two of those kinds of here. How do we get here and go videos that are just commentary over images and stuff. And both of them have really spoken to the things that are going on in, in society today. And how, how do we go from here? How did we get there? And it, one of them really, the go video really challenges pastors. Are you discussing the right things? Now it's, it's a good thing that pastors um, when they bring up, Black Lives Matter, when they talk about those things, those are good things. And when they talk about all lives matter, if that's where they want to go with things, that those are good things. But one of the things that I really appreciated from this sermon from Mark Driscoll was that he really laid out what the fundamental difference is of like make America great again and the BLM movement and the sides that we seem to have split even within the church of who we line up with. And I, 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 to be real honest, I don't really find myself on either one of those camps. I was for a very long time, um, especially in the beginning, not a F Trump fan. <laughs> and I'm still not the biggest Trump fan. I've, I've told you that quite a bit. But what Mark did in church from the podium say, this is what BLM believes. This is what MAGA is all about. And we need to, as Christians, be doing something in the middle, more of rejecting the extremes of the tribalism that's going on. And what he also did, what I really, really appreciated, is he went through and said, guys, this is what BLM, now, if you've watched my channel at all, you know that BLM as a whole is not bad. Black Lives Matter, we can agree on that. Everybody, uh, nobody... I know disagrees with Black Lives Matter, but we do 100% disagree with the organization and what it has become. 
And so the problem is when you say Black Lives Matter, you do a hashtag BLM, you're aligning yourselves with one side or you're aligning yourselves with the other and not necessarily bad on the front. But when you start understanding things that are behind the movements, then we need to start being honest. And I don't think that we're doing that. I don't think that we're being honest with a lot of things. And I'll go back to MacArthur here in a second. Um, BLM is obviously the founders, and we've talked about this a lot, but they're, they're Marxist. And one of the things that we're not seeing from enough pastors, and I'll give kudos where kudos is due, Mark Driscoll did a great job, a fabulous job, actually, in presenting that. But I'm looking around, and I see other pastors, and I follow. I mean, we belong to a church, and they're doing okay-ish. They're talking about important issues, but doing it from a very um, skin-deep um, way about doing things and everybody, we need to care for everybody. And those things, that's a good, that's a decent approach. That's a good approach. But what we don't see enough of in a lot of churches is the calling out of the really bad things. And if we don't do that, we're going to, because what we're seeing from the media, what we're seeing from the left, we have 50 left-wing organizations that are saying, we will not accept any result other than a Biden landslide. They're not saying a Biden landslide or a Trump landslide. They're saying, nope, we will not accept any other result other than a left-leaning major landslide for Biden. And they are going to do everything. And they flat out said, we will do anything and everything we can. We are seeing $100 million being spent um, from New York. Oh, geez, I lost his, lost his name. Let, let me know in comments. Um, Bloomberg. Bloomberg um, in in Florida, all the all the polls that we see are saying that Biden is winning. Why 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 does he need to go down and spend a hundred million dollars in Florida if there's no problems going on? I, I think that's telling for one. But we're, like I said, the church is not doing the right thing. One pastors are deathly afraid of not only offending or pissing off people in their congregation, but they don't want to also be a poster child for whatever, whatever they're fearful of. I know a lot of them, frankly, I know for a fact that a lot of pastors are um, either misinformed on what you are allowed to say from the pulpit, and they're afraid of that, or they don't know the his they don't know things, they don't know history. I've heard a lot of pastors say America really wasn't that good to, to to start with. They really weren't founded on Christian principles. I've heard a lot of good good pastors say these things, and part of it I really do think is their education on the foundation of the, of the country is fundamentally flawed and not based in reality. It's based on what they are hearing regurgitated through um, the media rather than looking at original sources, which is hilarious to me because pastors really should be, if they're doing their jobs, really are in, should be into original sources of the Bible. Is the Bible true? Where did it come from? How did it come about being? All those things. So when I see that a pastor is not willing to speak into truth of what society is going on, I, I start to, in my own mind, I don't know if you guys are like this, let me know. Let me know. Am I, am I by myself in this? But I look at these pastors, I, I watch videos, and I watch sermons throughout the week, and I don't see them calling out 
bad things going on in, in our society. And I've brought up the specific issue in our, our community. One of the things that our church actually does amazingly well is suicide awareness, suicide prevention, and um, assistance in that. There's a major, major, major problem of teen suicide. It's one of the highest in the countries, if not like in the top one to five counties. It kind of fluctuates up and down in the entire country. That, that That's really bad. And so our... Um, our, our pastors do address these things, but when it comes to political things, pastors become very afraid of dipping their toe in that water because it's so polarizing. You could literally lose half of your congregation because everything's so polarized. And I get that. I get that that's scary. But I'm telling you, pastors, if you actually happen to be watching this or people that are close to a pastor, you need to start encouraging them to have these conversations from the pulpit and saying BLM, the organization is a Marxist organization that wants to dismantle our way of life in every way possible. They want to disrupt the, the family, the patriarchal family. God calls us to be men led families. Now, of course there's all kinds of situations and all kinds of things that we, we understand. I understand that lives get messy and divorces happen and and things you find yourself being a, a single parent, mother and father and all these things. But family, as God intends it, is supposed to be man, woman. And I get that we all have different opinions on these things. But the Bible is pretty clear on this. The Bible is very clear. Now, it doesn't mean we can't love people that are in different stages or different different viewpoints of that. But again, the Bible is very clear. And if anything comes up against the church and says, we're going to disrupt your way of thinking, and if you actually look at the founders of BLM and they're saying, we are against the church, we're going to dismantle the family, we're against capitalism, and you can have your opinions on whatever capitalism is, but they're against these things. They're trying to destroy our country, and they out loud say, we actually invocate the spirits of the dead. And I'm telling you, if you don't separate yourself from BLM and say, we are going to stand on the truth, we're going to stand on the truth of the Bible and say, Jesus is king, and there is no way... No one gets to the Father except through Jesus, period. If you don't stand on that, on that foundational truth, and reject BLM and say it loud and clear for your people to, to follow you in, pastors, if you don't do these things, then our society is going to crumble. Your church will no longer exist if things get really bad. Because, frankly, I told you those 50 or so organizations that are meeting have flat out said they're preparing for violence. They're preparing to take it to the streets. They're preparing for things to get really bad, and they are willing to fight. Now, let me just say, and let me let me address something from that I see a whole lot from my conservative friends and from the right-wing types that I see, is there's this antagonist and mentality of posting, oh, you don't want to do that. You don't, and I, I, I understand, like, Oh, we're the ones that have all the guns. 
They have guns too. All sides have the guns. But these guys are saying they're willing to take it to the streets. They're willing to have violence. And I would encourage anybody that finds themselves diametrically opposed to that, but are willing to put out there that they are willing to fight as well. And that while that might be true and, and needed or whatever, if civil war does come, and I really hope that civil war does not come. I'm praying that civil war does not come. The little amount of violence that I saw as a police officer haunts me to this day. I was 21, 22, 23 years old. The violence that I saw, very bad, gang violence, actual violence, pull my gun on people, that those kind of things still haunt me to today. I know from my friends and my my family members that have gone that have PTSD from military events and wartime and things. It's not something we want to get into. It will devastate us. But if you're putting out there in your social media that they uh, they don't the left doesn't know what they're coming into because we're the ones with the guns, I think you're being extremely naive. And I think you need to stop talking like that, like that anyways and start leaning again on truth and understanding. And we need to bring the Bible back into these things and have an awareness and have a renewing of our mind. We need to ask God for a renewing of our mind throughout the entire country. Because I don't believe that we are headed in the right direction. If we are puffing up our chest and saying, come and, come and take it. I get that. I get that mentality. I've been there. I've said those things. I've done those things. And I don't think that that's the appropriate way to go about things anymore. I just think that we need to start having a better posture, calling things out in truth and saying, no, enough. We're not going to stand for BLM. We're not going to do these things. Black lives matter, but we are not going to stand for this Marxist bullcrap that's being floated out there. I'm not going to be forced to agree with this and we're not going to, we're going to stop it from coming into our, our schools and pastors, you need to lead the way because there's nobody else that has a voice like you better than my voice. You have cap captured audience of however many 25 to a thousand multiple thousands for larger churches. And if you're not willing to say all lives matter, stop this racist bull crap Stop pandering to leftist organizations that want to dismantle everything that we hold true. And if you don't start doing this, church, we're going to fail. We're going to fail. Or when you do stand up, you'll find yourselves all alone or the biggest person. And so I get why there's fear because they're saying, dude, if they can do this, to Grace Community, and they're kind of, you know, especially on the conservative spectrum of churches, they're definitely that. I just, they're, they're using tricks. They couldn't get one judge to do it, so they went to another judge. They couldn't find another judge to push it, so they went to another judge, and they finally found one after four attempts of shutting Grace Community Church down. And I agree with John MacArthur. It's an um, inexplicable ruling. 
and I feel for them. I hope that they find a truthful judge that will actually look at the Constitution and say, enough's enough. California, you guys are headed down in the wrong way. I have um, personal friends that gathered their church on their own in their own house because they aren't allowed to meet in person, and they just said, let's just have a barbecue. <laughs> and they were able to do church. That might be the way that a lot of churches out in California are places um, that find themselves in these situations. I think, um, like here in Colorado, there's a lot of people that are um, pushing back against this. Some of the bigger churches, some churches are just complete lockdown still. There's only online. Some churches just are challenging things and saying, I'm not going to be a part of this. And some are going along with the government saying, hey, we'll, we'll obey your rulings, um, but they're doing it begrudgingly. And I, and I still think that even though masks, if you want to, if you want to die on that hill, um, go ahead and do that. When it first, this whole thing first started, it seemed uh, preposterous to me. Um, and I, I will respect any business that uh, requires a mask. I'll respect any church that if they say put on a mask, but at the same time, the numbers aren't matching up, and we need to start being honest, church and pastors, and saying, guys, congregation, stop living our lives in fear. Illnesses happen. They've happened since, since the beginning of time, and we can't prevent everything. Death is certain. So we need to be certain about where we're going and we're going to speak about these and things in truth. And we're going to reject crazy things from the right side of things. And we're going to reject crazy things from the left side of things. And we're going to speak to truth. And we're going to say nothing gets to the father except through me. That if you believe in it and faith and works and all these things put together and we have a God that we can trust. There's definitely more. I mean, I've done sermons and all that kind of crap, but there's people that are far more eloquent about saying those things than I am. But I'm telling you guys, if you're not willing to stand up and say and do the right things, it's not going to work out for us in the end. It's just not. Although this is a temporary setback, we will continue to fight for Pastor MacArthur and Grace Community Church's constitutionally protected right to hold church. And it's good. The Thomas More Society, they're, they're a good organization. I would encourage you to find them and give if you can because they're, they're standing up not just for them but for other churches that are taking the stand as well. Church is essential, and no government agent has the runaway Unlimited power to force churches to close indefinitely. And I, that's what's happening. They're being forced to close indefinitely. And here's here's the thing. How, how many people have, have attended church online? Let me know in chat. How many people? I, we have. In fact, we've not gone to church since COVID started. How many months is that? Six months now? We're a family. I I literally have attended church service since I was born. 
So this is the longest period of time that I've ever not gone to church. And if we're really honest, how, how long does it take for a habit to set in? It's anywhere between 14 to 30 days. 14 days to 30 days for a habit to set in. I'm apathetic towards church, if I'm being completely honest with you. I kind of am just like, eh, whatever. We were already kind of in this transition state of going from one church to the other. And even though we were committed to the church that we're at, we hadn't really gotten involved. Part of we only had one car. So things were just like, it was hard to get around and do things and be a part of events and get kids to back and forth and to work and from work and all that stuff. So we just never really fully dove in and got involved in the community. And, and if I'm being really honest, it has hurt our involvement with church. How many people have ever experienced this exact same thing? We're enough. We, we are creatures that are designed to be a part of community, to be loving towards each other. And if we can't see our faiths, if we can't see this whole seed of emotions <laughs> that like all of the things within us comes out through our faces, if we can't see these things, if we can't be near each other and hug each other and hold each other and have hard times, if I can't share with the community that I'm experiencing depression, if I can't tell a good friend that I just need a hug or I need help with X, Y, and Z. Our church is really necessary. I'm saying that they are absolutely fundamentally essential to our existence. But in this time, how many of us have started to turn away, even, even the super devout, super attenders <laughs> have become, and if I'm being really honest, I'm one of those. How many are with me? You got to let me know. We we need to start talking about this. We need to you need to just let me know. Let me know in comments. Let me know in chat. In on YouTube, Facebook, wherever you're watching this. Make sure you're subscribed and all that kind of stuff too. How many are really experiencing this and not really knowing what to do? I know some of the more conservative churches or conservative states aren't really having this issue as a whole, and that's good. That's a good thing. But states like Colorado, California, New York, all these churches that haven't been able to meet really in person, or when you do meet in person, it's awkward. You have to be like dismissed in, in rows and you can't have any interaction. You're there, but are you really there? And the church is just a building. We know that. And the church is us. And I mean, but we need community and we're not doing the right things. And I'm telling you, pastors, if you're not willing to stand up and say enough is enough, you're going to lose your church because of people like me that are going through the exact same thing that I'm telling you that I'm going through. And I'm being stupid vulnerable right now. If you don't start speaking up you're going to lose your church and there's extremely generous people extremely 
giving people that are going to try to keep as many churches open. I get that. There's actually, I've, I've seen stories of people literally keep just like, Hey, emailing pastors and saying, how are you doing? Here's X, Y, and Z, you know, here's an X amount of money to keep you guys doors open. Some churches are taking, have, took advantage of the PPP loans or whatever. We're able to keep their doors open for that amount of time. And I would encourage you churches, if you aren't telling your churches, your congregation about that, if you took that loan and didn't tell your church, which I happen to know of churches that, that they did that, you need to be honest with yourselves. You need to be honest with your congregation. You need to, you need to give them the opportunity to know why you did that right or wrong. That's for your, that's your choice. That's you and your leader's decision, but your congregation needs to know that you've done that. And I know for a fact there's churches that are not, sharing that out of fear or whatever because they're afraid pastors are afraid and so what i also want to do and speak directly to the pastors and say if you're there in this in inability to make a decision because you're scared why don't you reach out to me let me see if i can help you walk through some of this you start Networking with other pastors. I know a lot of people have pastoral networks and stuff, but they're, a lot of them are kind of doo-doo. They kind of suck. I'm in several pastor network things on like groups and stuff on Facebook and some other things. and there, There's a few people that try to do some stuff, but generally speaking, they kind of suck. <laughs> They just don't network because you're so involved with your own congregation. It makes sense, and you're trying to help the people that you're pastoring. And I get all of that. But if you're not reaching out to other pastors and saying, how are we handling this collectively as a church, How to, to all together, you're going to start failing. Your doors are going to start shuttering. You're being less and less effective as a whole. In our, in our my, the area that I live, roughly about, Seven to eight percent of the people go to church. An extremely affluent area. We're not that. I can promise you that. We just happen to live <laughs> in this area. Oh, how many people are actually attending church on a Sunday morning service? Maybe more. So I've heard some places claim that they're doing better than ever. And I think that might be true for some of the larger churches, but I bet you a lot of the smaller guys are struggling. <sighs> There's a lot of things that we need to continue to talk about on this podcast. It It's crazy to me, and I've actually got the complaint for the PDF of this complaint. Just it's just crazy to me the things that that have going on of this of this injunction this preliminary injunction. So if you want to see that, I'll I'll try to link that below. And the claims that because of COVID and it's it's, it's all for the betterment of, of everybody and that's where we're going to start seeing all the all the stuff. And once again, if you go to my Facebook page, how is it? press treating things. 
I, I made a I made a post on my Facebook. Once again, the media just lies and says, don't believe the actual video and photographic evidence. Ignore the fact that the picture we are showing <laughs> you has 80 to 90% of the people wearing masks, but the crowd was nearly maskless. maskless. Now, I because the press has a way of putting something out there, letting it steep for four or five hours and then changing. So I took a screenshot of this just in case it changed. A picture is worth a thousand words. President Donald Trump hosted his first indoor rally since June, telling a packed, nearly, nearly maskless Nevada crowd that the nation was making the last turn in defeating the virus. And if you look at this picture, almost every single person is wearing a mask, and the media just lies straight to our face over and over and over. And we just take it in and we just keep regurgitating this and we tweet it out and we're all a part of this. And it's just, I mean, yeah, they didn't even change that. They don't even give a crap. But I mean, the picture literally shows, I, I actually can't find in this picture, it's blurry a bit. I can't find a single person that doesn't have one of the MAGA masks. Maybe this person right here. Maybe, maybe I actually saw some of this live yet again. And I watched it. Of course, they don't show you any other pictures, do they? It was updated this morning. I wonder what they don't actually push show what they updated. And they just lie and they lie and this press just lies and lies. And we just take it in. No big deal. And our pastors just let it keep going and say, No, I don't get involved in politics. You got to, because that's a lie. You may not like the president. I'm not a big fan of the president, but it's a lie. I'm not a big fan of a lot of the stuff that has been that he says and does and how he goes about it. A lot of the stuff. But there's a lot of things that I do appreciate. Maybe, and I've said this before, pastors, if you're looking for ideas, here's a couple of ideas. Maybe you don't do it from the pulpit, but you have a Bible study or you have a sidebar on like a Tuesday or a Wednesday morning and you invite everybody to it and you can do it online, but you talk about the actual issues that are going on. You need to talk about abortion. You need to talk about Black Lives Matter. You need to talk about what we saw happen with the, proud, the Patriot Prayer man being shot. We need to talk about the police shootings. We need to talk about truth. We need to say, yep, there might be some things that we can adjust and, and help support our community policing. Maybe we need to do some really interesting ideas and, and show support to the fire departments and to the police departments and show that they're loved and they're, they're cared for. And maybe we encourage the police chiefs and the, the, the sheriff's offices and the, um, all of all of these people to start thinking about better training and those are good things to get involved in. And it's not racist to support. And let me let me just take a second here and address something and it just be very, very clear. I have friends on all perspectives, from all perspectives. And I'm very proud of my friends and the diversity that I have in my in my friends. 
especially on, on like Facebook and stuff. I and I have friends that from all the way back to elementary school till now. And I'm very proud of the diversity that I've been able to have. And some people blocked me back when I was being really stupid and obnoxious on Facebook. And I get that. And I, I wish I could have taken that back. But let me just take a second and just say, stop lying about things on Facebook, especially if you are on one side of the aisle or the other. I, I recently saw some people putting out that if you have a black lives or I mean a, a blue lives matter or put out a thin blue line thing, you are a racist. And let me just speak directly to that. And I'm looking right in the camera and I'm saying, stop lying. Stop pushing this bull crap. You're a liar. You're calling me a racist and there's no evidence in any way, shape or form in my life that you can find ever anywhere that I'm racist. I wear this thin blue line because one, I'm a former police officer. Two, I actually know a good friend, my mentor that was killed in the line of duty. And I wear this to support him. And just to have that memory. I wear it because there's a lot of police officers on a regular basis. Three in just the last week. They were killed in the line of duty. Or shot and killed. Some were shot and maybe not all were killed. And if you're putting it out there that all people that have Blue Lives Matter or put a thin blue line flag on their profile are racists, you're a liar and a hypocrite. Just as if somebody else said that all cops are good, that's not true because some cops are bad. Some pastors are bad. Just some teachers are bad. Society has bad issues here and there. It's not systemic. Stop lying. Stop with the lies. And I know you guys that actually say this. I know those people, and they watch what I'm doing. They watch my podcasts. They watch my videos. I'm speaking directly to you. Knock it off. You're lying. There's a lot of things we can disagree on or agree on to disagree on. (laughs) There's a lot of things we can do better. But if you're putting out things that are not true and relying on Facebook to silence conservatives because that's what's going on, it's empirical. We know we have empirical evidence. If you're relying on that to get your word out because you're on the left side and you feel like you're empowered and emboldened, you need to take a second and just think about that. What if it was reversed? And I say that all the time. And I say one of the things that I I have said for a very long time is when I saw the Patriot Act come out and I said, holy crap, that's... Initially, I was for it. I'm like, hey, yeah, we need to find the terrorists. And then I was like, wait a second, this thing is terrible. And then what if what if somebody that I don't agree with has all this power? And at the time, I agreed with Bush, but then I looked more in the, like his politics. I'm like, dude, this guy's giant, big government, progressive, really into the military-industrial complex. I'm like, dude, I am not a fan of this guy and this his version of conservatism because he believes in God and, and is pro-life, kind of-ish. I was not a fan of that. 
And then I'm like, what if this guy that's droning everybody all over the world gives over this power to somebody that I really, really don't like? And guess what happened? Somebody really, really didn't like got all this power and then used it against citizens, used it against the Tea Party, used things, not obviously the drone, but used spying and used the um, IRS against conservatives. Sneaks guns out of the country in Fast and Furious. Does all these things in the guise of and in the protection of and using parlor tricks because of the Patriot Act. And there's going to an executive order after executive order. Bush was really bad. Obama was terrible. And now we see executive orders being just pushed through. And maybe I agree with the sentiment of some of these executive orders because I'm like, yeah, we need to have these things fixed. In fact, if you look at my Facebook page, I talk about exactly that. Let me pull this up here real quick. This this one that I posted. So Trump signs this new executive order to lower drug prices. That's a good thing, right? <laughs> I'm all for some of the protections and things that are, are put in this executive order in lowering the prices, forcing the um, drug companies to charge Americans what they charge overseas. I get that. But it's an executive order. It's a stroke of the pen. Now, weren't we furious with the last president when he signed into law, just just wrote out DACA laws? Now, you might be supportive of DACA, but that's not the way that laws are supposed to be passed. The president does not have that authority to just, here you go. But now, the because the... Um, Supreme Court has backed up DACA, basically said it's it's right and okay. Now we have a president today that can just write into law whatever he wants because that action has been supported now by the Supreme Court. Is that right? What if I agree with everything that he's doing? What if? I don't. And I say in this, I hate with a passion that's being done by decree. With a flick of a pen, no congressional bills, nothing from the Senate. A president shouldn't have that kind of power. Trump is abusing it at times. Trump is doing it because Obama did it. And Obama did it because Bush did it, and so on and so on. It's not a good trajectory, especially if an actual terrible person with dictatorial mindsets like Biden and Kamala have publicly stated that they will defund police, that they will take away the gun rights. Kamala's flat out said, we're going to use executive orders to take away your guns. And Biden, through his teleprompter, has said that as well. Whoever's pushing the buttons has said that. Just listen to their words. They say they will use executive orders, and Trump should do better. Now, he's done a lot of things that I actually agree with. I'm like looking through, once you weed through the, all the Twitter nonsense or whatever, there's things that I'm like, dude, def- defunding, working towards defunding Planned Parenthood, and I'm good with that. Going through and defunding WHO and all of these things. We give, do you know that we give $10 billion a year to the UN? I'm going to have more on that later. 
But we need to start looking at really what the UN is all about. WHO and all of these things. How much money are being filtered of our money that really other countries are not putting that kind of money in. We're funding a majority of the stuff that's going on in the UN. Why? Now, like I said, I'm not a fan of these executive orders. I'm just not. And I could get to the point, I can, I can justify in my mind a, a spot where I'm like, yep, in order to get to point, to point B, we're on point A, go ahead and sign some executive orders so we can get our freedom back. But that's not the process. That's, that's abuse of power. That's not what we need to be doing. We don't need to be allowing that. Those, those just things need to come through Congress and Senate. That's how the system was designed. And if we're going to rage against Black Lives Matter and saying, hey, they're trying to tear down our system, then we need to say that, that our system works, but we can't allow abuses of it on any side, President Trump included. Now, if you've hung in with me, this, is, this today is the longest podcast I've done. There's a lot to talk about. And I'm actually going to talk more on more videos. So this will be today's podcast. Um, and then we're going to, I'm going to do more things. So if you haven't seen, I'm trying to do more and more videos because it's a really good way to get this, this stuff out there. And I would really, really highly encourage you to subscribe and like and share and hit the notification bell. Cause it really does. I, I rely on you to get the word out. And we wouldn't have had this kind of success as small as it is without that. And would you guys consider if you've hung in all the way to the end and I very much appreciate it, would you consider supporting me in some way, shape or form? If all you have is the like, share, subscribe, if that's all you have, I am thrilled. That's what you've done. And if you are able to, I've got links below to the PayPal and subscribe star and all these things. They're financial ways to help this project continue to go. Would you consider doing that as well? I um, I think that there's, I think that there's things that we do in life that are challenging, and I think that this podcast is one of those things. And I'm trying to have a voice and say. Uh, I know that there's a lot of people that say, I'm a voice of reason and stuff, but I'm really trying to have a reasonable voice on all of these things and bring to you a different perspective of what's going on in this world. And I'm trying to challenge people to do the right thing. Would you go along with me on this journey? Guys, my name is Paul Procise. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, podcasts. Just Google my name. Paul Prosize, P-A-U-L-P-R-O-S-I-S-E. You can find me anywhere. Engage with me. Let me know. Go to my website, paulprosize.com. I'm really highly encouraged. Like I keep saying, I keep, I keep saying these things over and over, but I'm highly encouraged with what we're producing here with the Paul Prosize podcast. But I can't do this without, without you. I can't do this without help. So would you please consider helping out just a little bit? Let's get this let's get these things out there. Let's 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 agree to disagree. Let's agree to, to agree. Let's do things. You guys have a great have a great day. Bye.